reignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo.
to meditation Give thyself to exaltation Give thyself reading and doctrine Give thyself to the word of God Why don't you give thyself Oh, oh. Give thyself wholly to him Thyself holy. You want to tend to your neighbor and say, You gotta give thyself. Oh, give thyself holy. Give thyself holy to him. Give thyself holy. Now you want to speak to yourself. I'll give myself. I'll give myself. I'll give myself holy. I'll give myself holy to God. Hey, I'll give myself holy, holy. Why don't you give yourself? Give yourself, give yourself, give yourself holy, holy to God. Give yourself holy to Him. Give yourself, give thyself holy. Oh, give your money, give your energy, give thyself, give thyself. Give thyself holy, give thyself holy, give thyself holy to him. Oh, give thyself holy. Amen. I just came to check whether you are you are on the agreements. <laughs> One day you get to heaven and you see a very nice part of your mansion. So the blocks here came from your hand clapping in church. You'll be surprised. Those beautiful blocks on this side of the house, they came from your hand clapping in church. Yes. Because it's unto the Lord God Almighty. It's not for a man. It's unto the Lord God Almighty. It's beautiful. How many of you can already feel a sweet atmosphere in the place today? I feel like today the Spirit of God will do wonderful things for us. Why don't we welcome our sister Grace one more time to bless us one more time as we prepare ourselves for the message. Amen. Set free, mere words could not. 
begin to express my gratitude, but I give myself as an offering to you. I'll take it again. How can I repay the love you've shown to me when you gave your son on Calvary's hills that I might be set free? Mere words could not begin to express my gratitude. So I give myself. As an offering to you All of me Jesus take all of me I'm holding nothing back I give myself to thee Although I may not just what the future holds I ask you to take on me When this life is through And I stand before you, Lord All the things that seems Important, they wouldn't matter anymore. So hold me in your hand into a vessel you can use for your service, Lord, that my life might count for you.
from me I ask you please take on me you can never it all yes you can never it all yes you can have it all you can have my mind my soul my heart everything that I stand for you can have it all I ask you to take all of me not holding anything back Lord I ask you to take happy to announce to you that the moment you've been waiting for this morning has arrived and the bible describes the word of god as quick and powerful the word quick there means alive and powerful and i believe that this morning something alive is about to go to work in your life and in your ministry describes it as sharper than any double-edged sword I believe that today anything that needs cutting away in your life and in your ministry is about to be cut away. If you are ready this morning, if you can feel some excitement in your spirit, I want you to let that excitement rise to the surface, to bubble up in a hand clap, in a shout to the Lord. You can jump if you want to and join me and let's welcome to this pulpit, the Bishop Edwin. Morgan, oh come on, come on, I can't hear you this morning, come on. Let it be great. 
Put your hands together. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. What a blessing. I'm just hearing that we are blessed. I'm just hearing that we are blessed. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. The man you choose is blessed. The man you choose is blessed. The man you choose is blessed. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. Can you lift your hands and thank God that you are not a cursed person? You see, once again, a pastor is not a cursed person. When you serve God, curses are broken because a servant is a chosen person. So once you are chosen, there's a blessing on you. Yes. Another reason why you should serve God. When you serve God, it means God has chosen you. And anyone God chooses is blessed. Lift your hands and bless him. Bless him. Father, we thank you. Thank you for young and old. Thank you for man and woman. Thank you for boy and girl. Thank you for sister and brother. Thank you for everyone. We are blessed because we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. And you may please be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I just enjoyed that scripture right there. You know. It, it's, it is very important for you to enjoy the blessedness of being chosen by God to serve him. Hallelujah. Many are called. The reason why few are chosen is that few walk in the call. I'll take it again. Our sister just took it again. So, since we all pay tithes, and if, if she can take it again, why can't I take it again? Yeah. I'm saying that many, and yesterday we saw many means most. Many means uncountable. Many are called. That is it. Let's not add too many English words. Many are called. Most are called. Most of the people are called. Now, now why is it not all are called? Because it can never be all. Why can't it be all? Why is it that 
not all are called, but many are called. Because in the church, Job 1, Job 2, not all who come to church are of God. Devils are present in the church. So if all are called, it means devils are called to be pastors. So the exemptions and exceptions are the few devils and witches and this type of uh, malams and girls who have come to seduce pastors. They are the ones, but the rest of them are called. It's a call on you. It's a call. I'm explaining to you why it's not all. Because when the sons of God gather, Satan's are with them. What, what, what are with them? Satan's. Even in this conference, there are one or two Satan's here. I mean, they gathered before God, not a bishop who has got rashes and is feeling sleepy. God himself, they, they gathered in front of God. Satan was there. How much more some reverend and some recently appointed bishop? So I'm not surprised that I, I see one or two, is it four, four Satans here. <laughs> no, I'm saying that on, on a normal day, on a Sunday morning, do not expect everybody in the church to be a pastor. Otherwise, you'll be appointing devils. But outside the son of perdition and uh, one or two Satans and some devils and some pastor chasers and all these people, the rest, including you and your wife, unless you marry the witch. Engineers are called. Students are called. Many are called means pregnant women are called. One of my church members who's a, a, a pastor here, I mean, on Sunday, she was bussing people. She was in labor. She was in what? Labor. An experienced woman saw her and said, no, you don't look normal. The way you are working, so I'm fine. She said, no. I don't know where she took her to the toilet or to her car and checked her. The baby was coming. Actively gathering people to the church because women in labor are also called. Pastors, let's not change the ministry to something that is not it. Can you take me back to Ephesians 4? 11, New Living Translation. And 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church.
we have to be very careful that we are not a disappointment to God. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors to the church. And their responsibility is to prophesy under their callous. It's unfortunate, you see, that men and women God has called have no interest in the church. And you see, I, I, I made a few comments and I, I pointed out a few things yesterday. And I, I want you to know that, you see, I'm not a comedian. When I say something, I I mean it. I mean it. That even this conference we are having, it is is wonderful to me that it is a non-pastor. A non-pastor. And there are many pastors around here. It is a non-pastor. Who has been able to gather pastors? From who? Let's not laugh about it. Let's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. uh, What do you call it? Uh, Making anybody feel great. No. It's a non-pastor. And when I say a non-pastor, I'm not talking about an unemployed person who doesn't have much to do. He's at home. He lost his job six months ago. And he's at home, doesn't have much, so he spends the time. No. Yeah. A very important, a very busy chief executive of an active company building things all over the country. He is the one who has, has been able to gather pastors from Kweu, Kumasi, Ho, yes, Aflao. The reason is that it is unfortunate that pastors don't have an interest in the church. Clamoring for appointments, clamoring for ordination and consecration, and have no interest in the church. Have no interest in the church. No fellowship area cell area what do you call those things area what home cell area area fellowship no fellowship area cell area fellowship bar center center 
church, there is no church that should be small. Can you give me a reason why a church should be small? How? When the harvest is there. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. That is, the people to bring into the church are plenty. How can you have a church with 87 members? What type of pastor are you? You are sent to a place as a missionary. You are there for 10 years with 30 members. Bishops will not sit down and concentrate on the church, sitting down, writing articles and serializing nonsense on Facebook. They will, and, and you go to the church, and there's nobody in the church. Nobody in the church. We won't give ourselves holy. I'm saying that when the announcement for the conference came, you heard it at the same time that the businessman also heard it. I was just going to buy a t-shirt and I've come to sit here alone. You come to sit in the service alone. Because you genuinely, you see, you see, we don't use words and we don't use what you are saying. No. It, is, it is what we are seeing you doing. As you've gone to buy a, a t-shirt, sitting there with your wife, you've, you've brought nothing and you are a reverend. It is that picture God is changing. So it is that picture God is changing. Because you may not know, he has no interest in politics. Believe me. People praying for change in government, praying for whatever. It, it is the one you choose who is there that we have to pray for. God has no interest. In whether 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 a dictator is in power or a soldier is in power or a thief is in power, he has no interest. He has no interest. When he told them that they they will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come, they were under 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 Roman imperial rule. And the question, in fact, the answer, that that sentence in Acts 1 is actually an answer he gave to a question that was asked whether he was coming to change the government. He did not even bother to respond to that question because he is not interested in what is happening in your shop. He's not interested. He's not interested. He's not interested in what is happening at Flagstaff House or the castle. Whether the people are ruling the country well or not. You chose him. 
Because given any opportunity, human beings will always make a wrong choice. So the news this morning, over 60% of Americans regret voting for Joe Biden. Right now, right now. They regret. A poll has just been done. Already. It's just one year or two years into his, into his reign. Just two years. He's not interested. What is on God's mind is the church. Not who is a senator or who is a member of parliament or who is an assemblyman or whose business is growing and whose business is not growing. What is on the heart of God is the church. So he himself said, he said, I, I, I will build my church. That's what he's doing. Even his name, the name that was given to him was Jesus. Why? And the, and, and the, and the reason is there. In, in, in uh, uh, Luke 2. He said, he said, he shall save his people from their what? Poverty. He shall save his people from illiteracy. That's why he's called Jesus. His name Jesus was given because God was sending someone who would save people from lack of good roads and bad water and no roads. That is why God sent Jesus. Why is his name called Jesus? Have you read your Bible? Why is his name called Jesus? His name is called Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. Precisely. Can you clap your hands for him? The people he was saving from their sins, they were under Roman rule. They were poor. Poor as in no money to eat. They were sick. They needed education. Doctors needed to be raised in the society. There was no prosperity. Everything in Jerusalem, anything that was great was put on ships to Rome. That's how Rome is Rome. But when God sent Jesus, he didn't send him to come to stop Imperial rule. The name that was given to him was to save us from our sins. Today, pastors have been able to intelligently even preach another reason that Jesus came to make us rich. Intelligently, innocuously, subtly, we've been able to find words and scriptures to give another reason why Jesus came. For the son of man. 19 verse 10. It's come. It's come. To seek 
and to save the unmarried woman. He's come to seek and to save businessmen whose businesses are collapsing. What are we doing? What are we doing? Pastors, this may not be a popular conference, but you are privileged to be sitting at the center of the mind of God and the will of God. That's your privilege. You are privileged. To be sitting at the center of the mind of God. So much that when he even, even anointed evangelists and prophets and teachers and so on. The reason for anointing them was to garner and gather more people. Who not because they will be rich. But they will be what? Builders of what? Companies and political parties. Useless pastors. Useless pastors. In the name of ministry, we say we are we are, we are raising changes of society. How will we change society? How, how, how will we change society? Most of us here, not most, I mean, some of us, I mean, when I got born again, policemen were looking for me. At the time I was born again, because just before we got born again, my friend and I mess around. He is dead. His father is also dead, but his father had built a new house, brand new house. And they lived in some estates and some boys' quarters, but they were now going to move to the house, new house. We went to the house, removed all the louver blades. Most of us here should be a burden on the government in terms of prison space, prisoners being fed. New prisons being built. Can you imagine if half of us in this conference were to be in Isawum? There would need to be expansion. But there's no expansion because the people who should be there have been now bought by the blood. A pastor has witnessed to him. We are now in the church, not because our parents raised us well, but because Jesus saved us. He shall save. But this time, I should be loose in town, raping girls. Just yesterday, the last two weeks that they, they, they evacuated Afghanistan, they brought some of them to France, and some went to, what the country closed, um, Turkey, and so on. 
yesterday, they found one of the guys is now raping little boys and, and girls. He has been arrested. Another one has beaten his wife and he has been arrested. We are not good people. Before I was born again, I, I was on pornography. Hardcore. By this time, I should be raping girls, little boys, people's wives, anybody I find on their tree. But I am preaching. At least I know that if Christ has done nothing for Ghana, he has spared in Sawan prison a room. A room. And I'm sure if you are honest, you will know that I'm not the only one. Most of you should be there. So when I see you, be a bad man. Very bad. Welcome. Welcome, sir. The churches are empty. Those which are not empty have parked with people on their way to hell. Because the pastor has used his teaching gifts, his prophetic ministry, and has gathered tens of thousands who don't even read their Bible. And I've come for a, a, a prayer or a prophecy to get pregnant or to get a visa or for some demons chasing him to, to depart from him. And you see a pastor with an, an anointing will never talk about sin. One pastor was asked in America, what do you say about heaven and hell? He said, it, 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 it's, it, it is politically incorrect. And uh, these are also metaphors that we're using in the Bible. And sin is actually relative to the current uh, 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 societal can show you the video. Go to his church. It's a bowl full of people. I want to beg you. You know, also, one of the things I need to let you know is that when you are with Jesus Christ or God, don't and he's doing something with you. Don't look around to see how many people are, he, are, are being used to do the same thing. It's likely you are the only person he's chosen. He, he, he doesn't do things with many people. And somehow he doesn't care. Somehow, I don't, also don't know even why. I don't know why he doesn't care. His things were all with individuals. If you take the gospel, you can point one, two, three big things in the Bible that Christ did with, with crowds. Even that one, he didn't care whether they, he understood, they understood what he preached or not. Some of them he gave bread and fish. They ate. The next, the following day, the following day or later, the following day, I think, he was going somewhere and they were all following him. He turned and blasted and said, I know why you are following me. And how true is that sentence? I, we, I know why many churches are full. I know why many of us pack our cars in church on Sunday. It's because of the bread you ate yesterday. Yes, it's bread you are chasing, not me. Many people in the churches are chasing bread. They ate some miracle bread yesterday, last week, last month, last year, some miracle pregnancy. So she said, he told them, he said, you are, you are looking for me not because you are interested in me. Take the gospels. How many, how many, and I mean, what percentage of the story of Christ in the gospels has to do with 
crowds. The Jesus of the Bible was the Jesus the shepherd. The stories that made Jesus Jesus are all stories of encounters with one person. Interesting one. Interesting one. He will do for this one what he has never done for anybody. I want to tell you, I'm saying that if God wants to use you to do something right, don't look around in your city. How many people are preaching that, that whatever? No, don't, don't look at it. How many people are preaching that message? How many singers are singing such songs? How many prophets are prophesying that way? Yes, you can be a prophet and raise pastors. Papa Hagen was a prophet. Big time, A1, top-notch prophet. Mention somebody who was more prophetic than Papa Hagen. Where are his children? All over the world. Many of whom are not even prophets. But are pastoring large churches. Get it right. And today, to the 3rd of September, Christ is still on that mission, looking through the earth to see people whose hearts are warmed to have time to love, to care, and to guide children he has washed with his blood. He is looking for shepherds. He is looking for pastors. He needs people. And why? Why? Do, do you think God doesn't deliver from our enemies? Do you think God doesn't break curses? Do you think God doesn't save us from family devils? Do you think God doesn't save us from ourselves? I mean, one of the things Christ did in my life, he saved me from myself. He saved me from myself. Because a lot of you, you, your your problem is yourself. He's around. And he's still looking. Who can I find? Because I'll take it again. What is happening in parliament is not on his mind. It is not on his mind. Read your Bible carefully. Even when there were theocracies, He was still interested in the salvation. The problem of man is not lack of education. The problem of man is not improper upbringing. That makes you make stew which looks like soup. And your husband is not happy with you. Your, Your problem is not soup making. The problem of man is sin. But today, pastors have made the problem of man poverty. But a little intelligence, you don't need to be in the university. A little intelligence will tell you that just by being saved, you can be rich. Yes. Just by being saved. Because salvation changes how you think. Just by changing how you think, you will have money. 
because there must be a way your mind works. Why you spend money on this girl, this girl, sleep with her, sleep with her, give her money, share this, and your wife is at home without money with the children. And once you get born again, suddenly your children are buying school exercise books. They are paying their school fees because all the money which have gone to these lizards and insects are going to your children. Can you clap your hands and please be seated? I want to say it again. Your business is not on God's mind. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that business in the first place. What is on God's mind is the church. Get it right. Get it right. What is happening at the military barracks in Sudan is not on God's mind. What is on God's mind is the church. He is not building universities. You are the one using church money to build universities in God's name. He is not building universities. He is building his church. Get it right. A lot of things we do in the name of God are not, and God has no involvement. One pastor broke away from a church, took the, was it the choir, a, a group in the church. I, I, I'm not quite sure whether it was a choir. I think it was a choir, but a group. It must be the choir. But he took a group, big group in the church, to go and start a church. He went, da, 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 and the church he pastored collapsed. And he came back to the pastor to, to ask for forgiveness. And the pastor asked, ah, but you said when you were going, you said God had called you. So, oh, that's what this one's when we are, offend, we are offended. That's how we all talk. You and we talk. You, you and we. A lot of the things we say we are doing in God's name. That's a book. In God's name. There are many questions on it. Even read contemporary church history. Jim Baker and all the things. Big, big investments in God's name. We are back here. Look, today he has a radio program and it's about the church. (laughs) It's about the church. You go. When you return, you discover that God would never have shifted his position where he was. He's still building the church. Pastors, let's build a church. Let's build it till we die. I'm going to pause, not pause, stop very soon in a few minutes. Today, I want us to go and look at books. 
We are buying Macarius's spending money. I'm going to talk about them just in a few minutes. This one is just an introduction. The real first session is going to come on. Then in the next session. Everything must be introduced. So this is just introduction. I've missed my wife now. She's here, so the preaching is. Tell your members that they are called by God. And explain to them that the call of God is not dramatic. As undramatic as they are called to salvation. Go back to your church and tell that doctor in the church that he's called. And continue long enough in the church to see people who had no interest in the things of God developing an interest in the things of God. That's what the hymn writer said. And can it be that I should gain an interest. An interest. I'm, I'm coming, I'll come there in the next session. Say interest. interest. And as un as the call of God is, it is still supernatural. That's what he's saying. He's saying the call is supernatural. The call to a small ministry Small church, small fellowship is still a call. It's still supernatural. It may not be outwardly impressive, but it's still a call. He said, I have not had the experience of thunder, lightning, and heavenly voices calling me to ministry. But I'm just as called as any other minister. 1 Kings 19 verse 11. Watch it right there. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice and it is that still small voice God is still using to call people no one here should expect thunderings and lightnings that warm feeling you are having in your chest in fact forget about the warm feeling what will make you spend your internet money to be on the internet to be watching me right now it's a sign that there's a call on your life how you are spending your, 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 your internet digits, your internet units, that is what shows that you are a cold, you are a cold person. Thank you. But think about it. The number of people God wants to use, if he's to use lightnings, then we all die. If it is lightnings we must use to receive the call, then, 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 then there will be no farms. The whole earth will be scorched. You didn't hear what I said. I said the number of people who must be used, even in this little church here, 
the number of shepherds I have. When I have a shepherd's meeting, the crowds I see in this small church, if each of them was to receive lightnings and thunderings, then we will not go to work in OEB here. But thank God that there's nothing like thunderings and lightnings and, 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 and whatever. It is just a small voice saying that go online. A madman is preaching. Take time off. You know, you know honestly, when I see Dennis, I, I, I am happy. I, I not, I'm quite surprised that he, he would even come and sit here. Maybe he, he, he's thinking that he, he, has, he has COVID, so he won't go to work. So he's spending the COVID hours here. So another way. He's a very, very busy person. He's hardly in the country. To spend time to come and sit here, and pastors are not here. Say a still small voice. A still small voice. It's always been a still small voice. From the days of first kings till today. It's always a still small voice. It's not even a loud voice. If anytime it's a loud voice, it means God is angry with you. Loud voice. You shouldn't be happy. It's not how romance is. Say, don't know how romance you and your wife don't know how romance is. I've been missing you so much. So happy to see you. Can I take you out tonight? I've really missed you. I just, I just want to tell you I love you. My feelings are getting stronger for you. That's that how. That's how. Real love is expressed. So I've got feelings for you. So when I see my feelings have come. Ah, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's wrong. Which romantic will do that? So I love you. I'm saying that each time I see you, then I'm getting some feelings I don't understand. But I want you to know that I will spend my life. So I love you. Is that how we do it? I love you, baby. Don't you prefer? Don't you prefer? I love you, baby. So I say I love you. I'm having feelings inside my waist, sir. So, huh? I'm a bushman. No, she will, she will not. She just said it. She said, a bushman is what we do. Right? Will you marry me, sir? When I look at my life and, and, and now I've got a chamber hall, I'm working at Standard Chartered Bank and I feel that it's time to marry. So, will you marry me? I want to marry you right now. So, my feelings are coming. Oh, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. No. So, I want to marry you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I need you in my life. You to stop melting and sit up and listen to the message I'm preaching. 
God comes with a small voice, it means he loves you. He wants you. He needs you. He wants you. He wants to work with you. He wants you around. It's a small voice. It's always, always, always. Love is expressed in a small voice. Always. It's rebukes which are loud. It's rebukes and reproofs. And if you hear a loud voice, you don't cook my daughter. That's a problem. Can you sit down? Thursday mornings are very, very important mornings in this area. Small voice. Interestingly, the girl is falling in love with my small voice. But you are not falling in love with the small, gnawing voice God is using to draw you around. And you are rather waiting for a prophetic voice. You'll be in your room and God will appear wearing white shorts and a t-shirt. How, how does God look like wearing white shorts? William, that feeling you have, that, that, I mean, <laughs> what you like to do, to spend time in Medina with your little boys and girls, that's a call. Don't expect a billboard. <laughs> that's a call. <laughs> that's a call. Like I talked about that girl, Mr. Covid Church member, Anna, she's in London. She says, no, I want to come. She didn't even want to go in the first place. But the mother threatened her. Because <laughs> the mother is also another crazy woman. Your girl wants to be in church. You say, we should go to London. Because she, she, she's heard that there's snow there. <laughs> so the girl went. But as she was there, she said, no. 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 So tell me, how many girls... 19, 20, 21 today will find themselves in London and want to return to Ujibi. Is that not our dream? Is it not London or suicide? I said, is it not London or suicide? She said, no. I want to come back home. That's a call. She doesn't need to see a vision. She doesn't have a dream. She needs no voice. I'm saying that for you to have left your house in the morning to come and sit here. It's a sign that there is a call on you. That's all. Without a title, without a whatever ordination, prosecution, whatever English word. That is the call. Believe me. I told you yesterday, I, I forgot. I told you I was going to give you two. Examples of normal life, normal, so small voice. And we saw one, Samuel. I mean, the some major prophet. Samuel should have had thunderings and lightnings. A major prophet in Israel. Dramatic earthquake. And, and by the way, I want to say also to you that, see, Paul, that experience he had, was necessary because his ministry was going to be the church's revenge. Yes. There is no known pastor who has been beaten like Paul. 
Well, except Christ who lay on the cross. I mean, he listed it. Fastings, beatings, shipwrecks. There's no man of God in the Bible who had the type of problems Paul had. You know why? Because he was beating pastors. He was beating pastors. Destroying churches. And what's all about a man's souls? The rest of us is a still small. Thank you. And that voice is as ordinary as your pastor's voice. That's why Samuel ran. You called me. Me? So, you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go and sleep. Oh, three times. The same voice. Ah, You called me. I heard your voice. He didn't say, you see, someone didn't say, I heard a voice. And I'm not sure whether it's, it's you. No, he said, here I'm for, you called me. It's unequivocal. He didn't say, I, someone called me. Is it you? You called me. You called me. Because when God is calling you, it's as ordinary as Eli's voice. Go back to your churches and tell your members not to expect Hollywood drama in the call. Tell them that to be sitting in front of me after church means that there is a call of God on you. And then we come to another example of the call. Those in Switzerland, are you watching? Very good. One example of the call was the call that now gave rise to the standard of the priesthood. You know, everything has standards. We've we've got Ghana Standards Board. Standards. Where or which becomes the measure. How things are measured. So if you say you are a pastor, we compare you to this pastor. We, we know that there's a pastor. So you say you are a pastor. Do you do this? Do you do this? So we say the standard. Now, when it comes to priesthood, Anglican priesthood, lighthouse priesthood, the standard, not accountants, not engineers, priests. The standard we use to measure whether you are a priest or you are a fake priest is Aaron. 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 Whose rod budded. Aaron is the standard. Every priest 
is compared. In fact, the priesthood in Israel came from that lineage. That must be a very big thing. So we expect the appointment of Aaron to be a major, powerful, earthquake, thunderings, and lightnings appointment. Because God, I mean, it, it, it should be a three-day ceremony. It should be a three-day ceremony. Because the, 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 the standard of ministry is being introduced into the world. But how did Aaron become a pastor? How did he become, the, the, the one God used as the standard, how did he become a priest? We all know how he became a priest. He never met God. He, God told Moses, he said, Aaron, your brother, is coming. Call him. And work with him. So the call, the, if there's a, the call Aaron had was not from God. It was from Moses. He never had God calling him. It was his pastor. His brother, his pastor. So when your pastor says that, Dennis, can you be the central leader for this group? That's your call. And it's coming from God. A call from me is as powerful as a call from God. I want to tell you. Do, you, do I look like I'm a called man of God? Oh, yeah. eh? yeah. Do you think I'm, I'm, I'm called? Yeah. Yeah. I'm called. I'm very anointed. If I were to be waiting for you to tell me, I'll still be here. So I have to tell myself. I've been waiting. You know what they have told me. I am very cold. Sir, can you believe that I've not met God? The call I had was my pastor. My pastor. I was. I was, I was praying with a group of people at Ngatfa Park in the night 27 years ago. 27 years ago. Perhaps exactly 27 years ago. We were praying Kolebu in Ngatfa Park as a medical student. And as we were praying in the dark, we saw a car approaching on the, on the field, on the inductor field, it was coming towards us. And when the car got about 30 meters from us, it stopped. And three men got out of the car. Three men got out of the car. And as they came closer, I noticed that three men. Bishop Daggyward Mills, Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie. And they came and they asked somebody, they were looking for me. 
And they said, I'm the one walking up and down. So they came there. And Bishop asked me, Ogo, what are you doing here? So I'm praying. It's a Monday evening. So I'm praying with my follow-up team. So wow, that's great. So, so where are they? How many are they? So we are just 15, 12. So that's, that, that's good. So you come here every... And I say, yes, that's what we do. We come to pray about yesterday's souls. So, well, 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 we came just to say to you that um, this Sunday, mm. don't come to Kolegono. I want you to go. We have just started a church at Matayeko. I don't, I don't know Matayeko. Say, find it. Find it. Because if it was a girl you were chasing, you would have found Matayeko to chase a girl. So find it. He said, our pastor just started about a month or so ago. And uh, he's, he's been transferred. So we want you to take over that church. Go there and start preaching. Um, Reverend Michael, what's, what's the pastor's name? You remember? Tio. Tio. Reverend Tio. Corte. Yes, Tio. Yes. So he said, he's been transferred. It's a month. Well, a few weeks. So it had just started. Yes. Reverend Michael was the f- one of the first people who were there in the church. It was a little church. Today marks 27 years. No thunderings. No lightnings. But I can tell you that the ministry I've done over 27 years has had thunderings and lightnings and, and, and shakings and amazing transformational results. 27 years. No God has appeared. Because my pastor sending me was God sending me. And it is a call of the order of Aaron. A lot of pastors who say that God appeared to them in their room and they, 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 they disappeared, most of them are not correct pastors. I, I know, I'm telling you that they are, they are not very correct pastors. I know a few. Difficult to control. Difficult to get them to do something. Once a while, one in a hundred will be be very stable. The pastors we get to do things are the pastors who believe that they are pastor sending them, appointing them, giving them six members to care for. Is as powerful as God sending them and God giving them. Today, I said, when you go back to your church, tell your members, I said, tell your members that when I say go and lead the choristers, it means God is saying go and lead the choristers. Because that is the order of Aaron. The Aaronic priesthood originates from God. 
but has a human face. The ironic priesthood originates from God but has a human face. That's the face that becomes your father in ministry. Because you need a father in ministry because if it is God who appeared to you, you will have no father. You will have no respect for any pastor. So God will use a man to call you so that at least a little honor and interest and respect for a human being will be found in you. God often speaks. Please be seated. It's Thursday morning. If you are a man, especially, you don't stand. God often speaks by the still small voice. It was the still small voice of conviction that brought me into the ministry and brought me into the ministry as well. I've just had a quiet conviction. It is that conviction that I have followed up until this time. Yes, because everything is a conviction. Everything I do, the decision to have this conference at this time is a conviction. To have a meeting. To meet somebody. I'm at home. And somebody comes to my mind. Last night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 3 a.m., I sent Zara a text. I said, find the phone number of this lady for me. She just came to my mind. I want to meet her. It's a conviction. It's convictions, convictions, convictions. And it's that conviction. That makes people become the anointed prophets, evangelists, pastors, apostles, teachers that we see all around. If you are waiting to see a billboard, you have to live for 3,000 years. A billboard with your picture on it. It will be the time when mice have become humans. Pastors ought to encourage their members. To be open to the call. I'll take it again. Pastors ought to encourage their members to be open to the call. This will release many more Christians into useful ministry. It is the secret of releasing many people into the ministry that brings about church growth. Can you see it? I'll take it again. It is the secret. Of releasing many people into the ministry that brings about church growth. One man can do very little, but many people can do a great deal. One pastor can probably remember the names of only 150 people. But that's, that's Bishop Dago. Me, I just 16, 17, I can't even remember. How can one man who does not even know the names and problems of most of the people in his church effectively pastor thousands? That is why we need the help of many shepherds. Can you clap your hands for this people?
He said, I'm always encouraging everyone to be open to the call to the ministry. In fact, if you ask my congregation whether they are called or not, most of them will respond, I believe I'm called. The Bible said that many are called and not a few. Samuel stayed in the temple and was able to hear the call of God. Serious Christians who spend a lot of time in church doing the work of the ministry are likely to hear the call of God. That's why you must put as many people as possible into the work of God. But I don't blame you. You are doing very little in the church. You are not doing much. I told you yesterday, many are called, so we have to do many things. I'll take it again. Many are called. So we have to do many things so that everybody will find a, a, a place to express the call. How many years have you been my church member, sir? Pastoring you. About how many years? 90 what? Sorry. 2008. So that's how many years? My math is not 13. I'm my, my 14th year. He's been in my life for that long. 14 years is somebody's lifetime. I have preached. I have sung. I have, I have whispered. I have insulted. I have. Help me. He just sits in the church, watching me. And he has a way of sitting and he, 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 will, he will blink like he's watching you. Church service, shepherds camp, fresh winds, convention, pouring oil. So that when I see him, I even change the entire convention and I'm preaching about serving God just because of this man. But it had to take out of shepherding for me to see that this guy is capable. Yes, he's capable. He may not be pastoring a church, but he's done more than people who pastor a church. And you are sitting down and clapping your hands. Eh, he's always calling his name. I also invited people, and he's not using my name. He's not asking me to say, Oh, okay, so stand up. Stand up. Okay, okay, then everyone stand up. All of you are good. All of you, clap your hands for all of you. What type of witchcraft is that? May I please be seated. It's Thursday morning. Five more minutes. Bishop asks a question, and I want to ask the question, then we'll take a break to go and get the books. He said, who is ordained? Okay. Who is ordained or appointed or consecrated? It's a very important question. Who are the people who are ordained in the church? I, I want to ask you to clap your hands for such a question. I've never seen this question before. 
Come on, Bishop Dagwood. He's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Who is ordained? Who must be ordained? Say, who? In God's ministry. Must be ordained. Because to serve God, you must be ordained. No man can come to the Father, can come to me, except the Father draws him. Is it the beard that, that doesn't make it possible for you to put the face mask? Is a beard? The beard is thick. It's a beard. It looks like something I don't want to say in the microphone. Because there's also a cross behind me. The cross prevents me from doing a lot of things. Who should we ordain for ministry? The educated? Who must be ordained? The faithful? Like you don't have hair, so you have ordained you. So should we look for people who don't have hair to ordain? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I, I, You don't seem to understand my question. I said, who should we ordain to serve God? Because you don't just get up and serve God. There must be a power ordaining you. I'm ordained. Forget about my title as reverend. I am ordained by God. Now, who should we ordain to be a shepherd in the church? John chapter 15, verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, listen to this. This is just a question we are answering. Then we'll go out. I can see some of you want to wee-wee. Some other back, your face, you look, your face is dry. It means it's hunger. So there's some house of cocoa and some what about that? Because, I, because you've used a face cream, but you, you, your face is still dry. Some people in this area, you, you can't laugh. Because the inkitinkiti is coming. There's, there's a disease called inkitinkiti. <laughs> so I, I want to release you to go and eat. So listen, please. We believe that whatever we ask the Father, He will give it to us. How many of you believe that whatever you ask the Father, He will give it to you? Okay. 
we have great confidence that this scripture applies to all Christians and not just to the apostles. Hello? Or, or say, is it your understanding that it's only apostles who must pray for their prayers to be answered? No. Is, is that your sincere belief? No. Who are the people who must pray for their prayers to be answered? Every, every believer. Every believer. Say, Can you clap your hands for him? He's a good student. I'll take it again. In fact, we have great confidence that this scripture applies to all Christians and not just to apostles. However, what does the first part of this verse say? The first part of this one verse says, I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruit should remain I'll take it again I said if a singer can take it again then I also should be able to take it again because we all pay tithes I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruit should remain is this ordination and choosing not the same as a calling it is if you believe that God the father will hear all of our prayers then we must believe that God has chosen and ordained all of us to go and bear fruit this leaves no one out anybody who prays and expects his prayers to be answered ought to believe that there is a This means that Christian doctors, Christian engineers, Christian macho men, Christian businessmen are also ordained ministers of God. Why? Because a Christian doctor prays and expects God to answer his prayer. If you pray, and you expect God to answer your prayer. It means that he has ordained you to go and bring forth food. Don't hypocritically, insincerely separate one part from the other. Don't. Don't be insincere. Abner, don't be insincere. Don't. It's hypocrisy. To think that as for you, you pray and God should hear your prayer and answer your prayer. But when it comes to ministry, it's this man who hasn't been to university. He's the one who should be called. But by you, you are a rich woman. No. The one who expects his prayers to be answered is also the one who has been ordained and called by God. And I'm sure every church member in your church expects God to hear their prayer and answer. That's why I'm sending you, is, is it Kumasi? Odan. I'm sending you to Odan. Go back and tell anybody who expects God to answer his prayer.
that there's a call of God on his life because he doesn't waste resources. I said, God doesn't waste resources. Any man or woman who has a prayer topic for a husband, for a wife, for spams, any man praying for spams, must understand that there is something attached to the spams and it is it is predicated and your on your obedience to that call and ordination to go 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 prayer warriors must go businessmen anybody who prays to God must go must go that's the teaching in the bible it's not an apostolic church doctrine. It's not a Presbyterian church canon. It's not a Catholic church canon. It's the Bible we are reading. That the people who pray and expect God to give it to them ought to be people who have respect for the call of God. For the call of God. If you expect God to answer all of your prayers, are you listening to me? Yeah. You're going to put chemicals in your hair to look like you are you are, you are some you you are some white American. Listen to the message. If you, you you with chemicals, if you expect God to answer all of your prayers, you must first bear much fruit. Many people are fainting and are being scattered because there are not enough shepherds. The people who must become shepherds are only thinking they they have needs that God must answer. There are a lot of big time men of God, but there are not enough shepherds. When we come back from our break, God willing, we are, I'm going to give you 10 reasons why I think every Christian in your church can be a shepherd and work for God. <laughs> 